This film is the equivalent of going to the toilet after taking too many mushrooms. so much it just the amount that we've hyped this one up to ourselves that this is going to be good it had everything going for it just i'm not sure if the film was let down by the actors or the actors were let down by the film or if they both combined and just let me down i i'm not feeling good about this i've not learned a lot through doing this project with you Dan no but I think the one thing that I have learned time and time again is to never get your hopes up yeah because yeah that that exactly if you aim anywhere above rock bottom then you have a distance to fall and unfortunately today this evening we both made the mistake of setting our hopes a little high. We flew a touch too close to the sun, and we have. Well, this is this is my problem with this: is that this is the one out of all the ones we have left that we were looking forward to. This is the one that we yeah. thought was going to be good, and we kind of know that the other is going to be crap. Right. So to have this one now is so crushing. I I agree. We went. We just started our our sort of glory run. Uh, I was hoping this would be almost be like the victory lap. You know, one more week, one more trip round. All this, a couple films that we can laugh at and have a good fun, and may hey maybe even some good ones along the way. But the 2019 film Color Out of Space, an adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft book starring Nicolas Cage in it, was a film that we were both very much looking forward to, and our hopes have been dashed. It's. I'm not sure where to start talking about this. I, you and I both watched this with a bunch of our friends. Uh, we watched it together. I think we, you know, once again, we've led our friends to the lions here by leading them on and letting them think that this is going to be a good movie. In the past, when they've joined us for films such as Deadfall and Ghost Rider, I think people went in with a certain understand they knew they knew what was going on exactly and off the back of the last watch along we did with mandy i think people have gone oh okay we've just moved into good films now thank you i appreciate that i respect you brought us along for this part of the journey with you so genuinely as well as feeling just really let down i'm feeling a bit of guilt in honesty well we started this project with the idea that we wanted to catalogue Cage's journey from zero to hero being somewhat of a, somewhat of a nobody to this incredible selection of films to then this kind of bankruptcy era where he'd take anything and then back to this kind of indie darling that we, we've been waiting for and it turns out that that entire bit at the end this whole saving grace of his career was one film and then we've just hyped up the rest ourselves for no reason I'll give him Spider-Man and Mandy, and other than that, what was... I'm getting really close to the end of this now mm-hmm. and realising that I've learnt nothing. Yeah, that's that's probably the the scariest and most daunting thing from all of this. 
is that after the fact, in a week's time, and every every day beyond that, when people ask, "What was your experience like doing this?" I I don't know how to really answer that. If it was a yes or no question, I've got a few choice choice swear words that I'd use. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's now is becoming a bit of a weird time that we are, as you say, approaching the end of this and. I'm kind of confronted with the reality of it and I don't know if this is just because I'm feeling particularly salty from being mistreated by Nick this evening I mean it hasn't obviously just been this evening but oh, I don't know man well let's start by talking about so this is um, it's a H.P. Lovecraft short story called The Colour Out of Space that Richard Stanley has decided that he's going to make these into films is that that right many many people have in the past tried to adapt Lovecraft's works uh, to the screen I have a friend in fact who's a, a film director and his recent short was based off of one as well so many have tried but it seems not a ton have gone on to be massively successful I, I, I honestly don't know a ton about Lovecraft I only really know him through being referenced as you know stuff being Lovecraftian etc and him sort of inventing the character of I only really kind of uh, bring up that and the basis that this is supposed to be uh, a sort of collaboration not collaboration is the wrong word but Stanley is supposed to be making these as a trilogy oh gosh where he's making another two Lovecraft uh, uh, kind of film versions if you know what I mean he specifically wanted Cage after his performance in Vampire's Kissed, and he asked him if he would try and tap into that same style of performance. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like that was portrayed? Hearing that makes a lot of sense because so much of Nick Cage in this feels like he's doing a Nick Cage impression. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. It, it stunk. Like he, he gives us some. He gives us some on paper great cage in this lots of those telltale freakouts but and i don't know if this is just because we've subjected ourselves to at this point over 90 days consecutively of his film that i'm able to pick out exactly what he's doing so quickly now but i i could just see exactly the character he was doing that he's played before exactly the energy he was tapping into and i think you put it best when we were uh all writing each other whilst watching this where you said like he's just overacting yeah he's he's acting outside of the film what what he has brought to this and i guess in this place it, it's richard stanley's fault for trying to evoke that vampire's kiss presence because right. outside of the abstract look of this film it's a beautifully shot film like that goes without saying it looks incredible gorgeous great sound on paper Everything's great there, but there's so much great stuff. But what it didn't need with all this over-the-top stuff going on was an over-the-top character. It's that word that I can never say, Ben. Caricature. <laughs> Car- caricature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with Cage, who's so exaggerated at the best of times. You were never going to get a subtle Cage. But what we take away from this is one of the most. It seems more absurd than the Vampire's Kiss ones because it's such a serious film that he's just shitting on yeah. with this ridiculous. And then halfway through the fucking Peggy Sue voice comes out. I honestly, mm-hmm. mate, I I know it's it's a mixture of things where we're so close to the end. We came in with such high hopes, genuinely excited for this, and then to have it go down like this, I'm this is one of the most disappointing cage films I've seen. 
I'm so so upset by this. Yeah, it, it's weird that we in the space of a week we've gone from one of our highest to one of our lowest, if we're being honest. But but equally, like we, uh, you know, you'd seen it before. I'd never seen Manly, and I got my hopes up for it, and I had a great time watching that, and it was a brilliant film, and which Cage is perfect for it. But yeah, but that's the thing. Like, the, it's the, the two worlds that we find ourselves in because there's no way we can make this. They share the same production company. We have to compare this to Mandy in yeah. a sense. Yeah. The two worlds that are created are both that of somewhat fantasy, but in one we get an exaggerated cage who's kind of hitting all of the points of of, of still maintaining this world. Uh-huh. Whereas this one, we we just get cage just exaggerating nothing. He, he exaggerates himself and it doesn't play into this world that's supposed to be created around him. And I, I just, I don't want to go into reviewing the film. We know that. That's no, no, you're right, do, But it's he, just so fucking frustrating to see. This, this film, every single I really scene think, he's in. I, I, I genuinely think this film could have been great. Yeah, and that's what's frustrating about it. I just think that this, the casting of this was just fucking diabolical. Or not even the casting, but just the acting choices. And I don't know much about Richard Stanley and why he's chose to do this. But I did read something that him and Nicolas Cage have in common. And um, it, it will probably come as absolutely no surprise to you that both at one point in their life went into try... They they, they, they went in a search for the Holy Grail. <laughs> so there's, there's no other way I can word that. I'm just going to call it what it is. It's utter, utter nonsense. Put the tiger on the table and yell at it. They both tried to find the literal Holy Grail. Yeah, and I feel like that's all you need to know when you have these two people working on a film uh, it was if uh, i just wish i knew more about it going in i purposely tried to not see anything because i was excited likewise and i i honestly think and i said this at the end i think if i knew more about what i was about to watch i would have probably enjoyed it not a huge amount but I don't think I would have hated it. But this film has no idea what it's trying to be. That's no. what I found so annoying about it. Like, we discussed it in our Mandy episode, and we, we will keep comparing the two, I'm sure. But that is a film in two halves. There's everything up until the burning, and then everything after. And they are two different tones, but it's an amazing, visceral flip of a switch. Whereas this, it's like... Like, it's an invisible flick of this switch in Colour Out of Space, because... I keep wanting to call it The Colour and the Shape, but that's a Foo Fighters album, so sorry about <laughs> that's a slip of the tongue. In Colour and the Shape, Cage just changes out of out of nowhere with no real reason or trigger, and I, I get that it's something weird happens. His family, he lives with his wife, who uh, is recovering from some surgery from having uh, cancer operated on, and their three kids all live kind of in the rural countryside surrounded by nothing. Uh, meteorite, I suppose, hits and it has these kind of cosmic properties to it and it just sort of starts to change and distort everything in true Lovecraft style they never really go into the details of it it's sort of like they just present you as like and now this is happening and now this is happening and you sort of just have to go along with it that can be a fun ride to be on but when you've got someone like Cage giving this performance here it's just two really strange forces butting their heads together yeah i just just didn't click in the same way it didn't know if it was going to be a horror film if it was meant to be more drama based if it was meant to be kind of b-movie-ish with all the bright red blood at the end if it was meant to be an art well, it film. was listed as a as a horror sci-fi and i wouldn't i wouldn't really call it either of those things no no not it was really. kind of like a weird almost psychedelic shit 
You know what I mean? This is this film is the equivalent of going to the toilet after taking too many mushrooms. <laughs> you can smell it, but you're not sure where it is. It? Speaking of smelling things, let's talk about Nick Cage's scent acting in this. Oh, for fuck's sake. He can sake. smell his own performance, He was trying to sniff out any money for Saturn films. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's still, despite this not being a Saturn production, he's still got his hand on the ball in more ways than one by the reptiles just constantly popping up on screen in this. We've said before this man never leaves the house without a lizard in his pocket but well halfway through the God. film he, he, he starts to grow scales <laughs> his <laughs> arm starts to, I honestly thought this was going to be him transfer I thought if he becomes a lizard this might save the film <laughs> because he can't act like Cage if he's a lizard but no he just transforms into a dickhead Oh, God, yeah, the big pink dickhead the big pink time waster I know uh, speaking about sniffing out money this had a six million dollar budget Ben yeah that sounds right same as Mandy yeah how do you reckon we broke the million on this? Um, I do remember this being advertised quite a lot more than, again, to compare it to Mandy. Well, I in, think like Mandy was the return to form, and then we got the same production thing, so everyone's just like, lightning's going to strike twice. I think this actually did do better than Mandy, which I think broke a million, so I'd say this did... Actually, no, but that doesn't sound right like it did a million. I reckon it did 500,000. You reckon this did 500,000? Yeah. So quickly, what did what did Mandy do in the end? I want to say one point two million. It was it was just over one million, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Mate, great! It's one 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 and a half million worldwide That's we got from right. Mandy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one in the color out of space, we go six million in, and we come out with one million. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, one one million seven hundred and twelve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not thousand, just on the end. But who's counting? Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's change at this point, isn't it? Uh, it broke the million, and I think it deserves it for the special effects. Yeah, but yeah, they go in. None of, none of the acting in this deserves uh, any, thought of, any sort of shout-out at all. Uh, but I do think that would be an interesting way to try and be nice to Nicky. Yeah, there's a... What you got for this? Because I'm a... <laughs> there's... So Nicholas and his wife in this, they have not been following her surgery they have not been intimate together and I thought that was quite an, an interesting part of the storyline that I appreciated that they played up that she just feels after her surgery she doesn't really feel like herself so she doesn't feel sexy at all and he's Mate, quite... if, only, if only she knew what was going to happen to I her I know if she didn't feel sexy then I know wait, wait until we emerged with your child oh, that's why I felt so horrible and undeserved like every character in this gets a bad ending and it just it was totally undeserved because none of them are intrinsically bad people. They're just doing a shit job of playing their characters. What's but, the deal with the daughter? Did she summon the meteorite? This is why I couldn't work out what her story was. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. A lot of Lovecraft stuff is sort of based around the idea of, like, asking the gods for help and them just sort of... <laughs> Good. <messing laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, psych. <laughs> Pulling the rug fully out. So, yeah, at the beginning we see her doing some sort of ceremony, but it gets interrupted, so I don't know if that's her accidentally summoning this meteorite that all hell breaks loose in the end. And at one point in the film, perfectly timed with me saying that I didn't think she was a good actress, she starts cutting herself very vividly on the screen. Um, so i quite right, careful what you wish for, but pretty horrendous. This film was pretty frequently horrendous there's a lot of bits in this that just come out of the blue that I really didn't want to see there was no sense of warning or urgency even when um, 
when the when the mother cuts her fingers off when just chopping oh. carrots, and it's just so oh. just played off as if nothing's happened. Oh. I'm just like, Whoa. did I just see that? And I suppose that's kind of the point of it is like you start to question everything around. <coughs> I agree. Disgusting film. I was yeah, allergic. I this even a, at this it. film's given me hay fever. I would like to be nice to Nicky, and I would like to say that when he finally is getting intimate with his life try again when he is finally getting intimate <laughs> with his wife and life for the first time in a long time half a year that's the moment the meteorite decides to strike so really although we're tr- trying to place some blame on the daughter here i think we really know who summoned the meteorite the universe the universe refused to give us another Nick Cage sex scene. Your prayers, the gods I'm, you've been praying to, have finally answered the your right. call. I'm not going to be nice to Nicky, but I'm going to be nice to the meteorite in this one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I didn't need that. However, I would like to be nice to Nicky that he calls the sheriff and I believe the mayor of the town to come and investigate this meteorite, but he can't resist mentioning to them that him oh, and his wife yeah. were getting intimate the night before. And it's, it's such a little brag, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, mate, you've been married to her for so many years. Like, okay. <laughs> Good for you, I guess. His kids are in earshot as well, just like, oh, must um, he? I'd love to be nice to Nicky and say that it's nice to see him finally get the credit he deserves as a, a bourbon connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> On the local news, Probably no my favourite scene of all of this is Cage getting interviewed on the local news but he's a little bit pissed and he's just talking nonsense and he's just freaking out because he doesn't know what to say and uh, it, oh, it's just it, that's probably it, for a film that has so many definingly great visual moments I don't know how that's my favourite bit right where but, it intentionally looks crud yeah yeah it, it was just really funny to me really and he gets him, credited as being a UFO, UFO enthusiast <laughs> <laughs> he was like who said UFO I never said UFO there are a couple little moments here where I don't know if they're actually played for laughs and I don't know if it's anything to do with our relationship at the man at this point, but he got some chuckles out of me, certainly including the part where he's loudly singing opera in the car after bringing his wife back from the hospital. Well, it's lovely to hear him sing again. Um, what I did think was even lovelier to see again is to see the return of Cage trying to eat. He's oh. come off the back of yesterday's film with full confidence going, I can eat the bacon, I can eat the bacon, I can eat the... No, it's fruit, I can't eat it. <laughs> He is pleased as punch with himself when he's going through his garden and he's picking his tomatoes that he's grown himself. I'm pretty sure he keeps referring to them as plums, however. I think he calls one a peach, and we know he can eat a peach for hours. He's listening to his little gardening podcast in his headphones, which is so funny. (laughs) And he's so happy with himself. He gets his tomatoes in, he washes them up, he goes to take a big bite, and immediately... He takes a bite, he spits out. Takes a bite, he spits out. It takes a bite, he spits it out. It's it's just oh like gosh. it's like a, a montage of this guy not being able to eat. It's like he knew we were coming for him. And then he realizes that he just cannot do this, so he starts throwing the tomatoes away one by one, screaming "slam dunk" as they enter the bin. Yeah, sl- slam dunk on what is categorically not a slam dunk. Absolutely. And I'm fairly certain he misses one of them. It doesn't even go in the bin. <laughs> Buckets. Just sprays tomato juice all up the lady's legs who just wants the fucking internet back. Kobe. <laughs> yeah just that. unbelievable um how do we feel about today's cage match we're I, literally going to be putting red miller up against frank yeah i'm really interested because this because this yeah. i think this could be interesting i think this could be interesting let's bring it in 
cage match. So let's get right into this. We are putting Nathan from Color Out of Space, or just, you know, Daddy Cage, from Color Out of Space. Oh, I just called him Frank, didn't I, from Score to Sell. Uh, honestly, like I'm, they... I'm over it. Yeah, it could, it could be any fella, really. It could happen to anyone. It could happen to you, mate. He's going to be taking on Red from Mandy. Stylish. Let's let, let's try and get into this. Let's let's go off on strength. What yeah. do we see? We've spoken a lot about the strength of Red Miller. I'm not interested in talking about it right now. What can Nathan bring to the table? What does he do in this that shows great strength? <sighs> he shoots me... shoots all of his alpacas. We know that was a difficult moment well, for him. They turn into an Huge... alpaca hydra by the end. Yeah, some sort of like rat king of alpacas yeah it's pretty fucking horrendous the kind of rule of thumb from what I gather a friend of ours who was watching the film along with us is a big Lovecraft fan and mentioned that the rule generally speaking when adapting Lovecraft is not to show everything in the monstrosities that are created as a result of the action that happens in them and this film is vivid in showing you this blob that becomes a six-headed alpaca as part of his midlife crisis Nicolas Cage has purchased several alpacas that he has and time and time again mentions how expensive there are I mean credit to the man we know this is the method man I'm almost certain the scene in which he is milking an alpaca and drinks the milk he did every single moment of that I'm fairly certain these are just Nick Cage's alpacas yeah this sounds right his lizard his frog bought them from home he just brought them on the set like, look, I don't know if you've seen my last few films, but I'm a bit low on cash after a score to settle. <laughs> I can't actually afford someone to come and look after my alpacas, so I've brought them with me to the set. Can we work them in the script? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I think that took a whole lot of strength. And there's a when we do see that moment, got a huge vibe from, uh, I remember the first time watching The Thing. Do you, remember, do you remember watching that? Of course. So yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that. And I know that we were kind of told in the group, it's like, you know, it's normally what you don't see. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was portrayed. All of the special effects in this are so nicely done. Yeah. I loved looking at this film. I just hated watching it. Right, right. I just want it, like, playing silently in the room so every now and then I can just turn and look God, at it. God, that would be a fucking trip, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's probably the most strength we see out of him is killing his beloved uh, alpacas. Yeah, at one point he mentions his wife when she's feeling unattractive and he's trying to woo her into having sex with him that night. She says about, what if they have to take my legs off? Will you still find me attractive? And he says... Yes, I'll carry you in my hand luggage so I can use you anywhere. Um, or words to that effect, which is Christ. not not very pleasant, I agree. Uh, it seems to play off fairly well with her. That's going to come back around in likability, isn't yes, it? Yes, right. But uh, he's clearly fairly strong if he can carry a person in just his hand luggage. I'm giving this to Red. I don't, I don't, that's an incredible argument that you've plucked out of the air there, Ben, but I'm really not having that. No, I'm right there with you. Red takes strength. Let's talk agility this time around. Um, not, not a I'm ton really stuck Nathan. on this one, to be honest, he, to think of anything to say for Nathan. He does own a bright white horse. It does belong to his daughter, but I'm going to assume that he can use it as well. Well, you think that, but the horse runs away. Uh, he can't yes. start a car can't really do anything um struggles to even control alpacas yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day if your enemy is essentially is light you're not going to outrun it so no, you're not going to do a great job with that no i think agility is probably his worst 
worst part of this. I mean, at one, it probably is, because at one point he tries to interact with the car to up his agility stat, but it fails so much he repeatedly screams and shouts and punches the inside roof of it, calling it a cocksucker. I'm going to level with you from here out, Ben, and I thought this was going to be quite a close one, but the more I look at what we've got coming up, I don't feel great about it. Mm. But I feel like it's a fair distribution of points. Let's proceed. Let's talk about likability. Hmm. This man is... Well, it's an odd one. At the beginning, he seems like a fairly sweet family man. He cooks for the family. But there's nothing particularly wrong with the guy. Yeah, he's like helping his wife go through this. He seems very understanding of her emotions after she's undergone her cancer treatment. But then sort of out of nowhere... He just turns into the worst guy. Well, we have to assume that's something to do with the meteorite, so I don't know if it's fair to judge him on that, but it is kind of what we see of him. Yeah, so, unfortunately, uh, we kind of got to kind of go with that. My main problem with this is not even at fault of Nathan's. I mean, we've already said about his crass comments towards his wife not having legs. It was not charming. Right. But let's be honest, Red Miller is, is pretty difficult to not like him. You know what I mean? He didn't put a foot wrong the whole film. He was just horribly wronged, and he's just out for vengeance. Right. You know what I mean? He, he yeah, I, I, I don't see how he can be beaten right now on that. And to be fair, I don't think Nathan's kids like him a ton because his two eldest kids, the moment he gets back from taking their mum to the hospital, they are just scheming to leave them behind. They're like, nah, dad's not going to listen. We should just go. We should just take the horse and go. They don't even try and get him on side or make him understand. So, not great. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't have much for his likability. I let's, mean, he let's collects, call it for what it is. He collects alpacas. I like that. He did a load of acid back in the hippie days. He collects wine. Mm. I mean, at one point he dreamed mm. of being a painter. Uh, you know, that's kind of cool. But would you would you go on a night out with Nathan? Uh, I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I would. No. 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 This, is, this is three nil to Red Miller. It's over. But let's play it out. Um, appearance. What we're we saying on looks here. Does Nathan really bring anything? Those welly boots. Powerful stuff. Oh, bit, great wellies. Great wellies. I respected that. But honestly, that is about the extent of what we get from the guy. We get. Um, we see, my we... my favorite thing is him after he's killed the alpacas and he comes back in with the gun and he's kind of covered in blood. But it just felt like a throwback to Mandy, which did it better. Yeah, I I agree. And I gotta say, more technical note. But even the the makeup and the blood effects at that point, they didn't look great like Mandy looks so good because it looks like he's been that bloody for ages and he's tried to rub it off but it's not worked this was just sort of fresh black eyes not dealt with it I don't know didn't hit me in the same way man really didn't yeah not at all I give that 4-0 and finally on Cage now this we, is we probably, do have some phenomenal moments from Nathan this is probably the most contested point of the four it's hard because he, he turns it up a lot like we talked about the slam dunk the tomatoes the cocksucker car there's a, there's a whole myriad that pop up throughout this, but I don't know, man. I just... They felt there's so def- forced. I think there's maybe more Cage in this just than there is in Mandy. The CPM is much higher. I think the Cage that we get in Mandy is... The intensity is through the roof on right, it. Right, I agree. That's the Cage like- in this one I found laughable. The Cage in in Mandy was just... Like I said, it's just intense. It was And it was great, and it suited the film. It's a thinker. I'm I'm happy to give this five now. Yeah, I think it's got to be. I think it's got to be. Like, this, unfortunately, I said it before, but I've got to just reiterate the point. Like, when Cage does his stuff, his signature moves, as we know him for, it can be really amazing, as exhibited perfectly throughout Mandy. Whereas this, it just felt so forced. 
in a way that just didn't make me comfortable really i i could it took me out of the film more than it immersed me in it i could just sense the i could sense the camera on set i could sense his trail of thought through it all and yeah i don't know man and it's such an immersive film that that's the opposite role that it needed that's what i've really i know we've already been through this but this film visually is so immersive it draws you in completely it wants you to get lost in the film and it's like cage is just working against it the whole time yeah right they were not in anyway enough about that yes mandy's red miller is going through and he's going to be taking on the cook in (laughs) running with the devil who's the cook well it's nicholas cage obviously wow I mean, this is probably the closest we've had to Man in Red Sports Car in terms of the character title he's given. Um, it makes sense when you see the other character names. He's still a co-like uh, main star in this. Okay. So we're going to see Nicolas Cage up with Lawrence Fishburne. It's been a oh, while. Oh, sick. This is going to be Running with the Devil. It's uh, taglined Two Runners. Uh, Two Furious. What earth does that say? <laughs> Imagine. Is there two runners, one mission, zero chance? Oh. Yep, not interested. Um, Interesting. Hey, you know Lawrence Fishbourne's not going to be in The Matrix 4 that comes out next year? I don't blame him. The, the two and three weren't great. Yeah, it's just it's a shame. It's not going to be the same without him. I've I've had a lot of people get really excited about The Matrix 4. And I, I can honestly tell you I'm not excited at all about it. I no, probably will just miss it. Did you know that The Matrix 4 is slated to be released the same day as John Wick 4? Really? It's a good time to be Keanu Reeves. <laughs> So is Keanu going back to do Matrix 4? Yeah, I, I'm almost certain that he is the lead in oh, that. And of course, John he should know Mate, better. He's got a great year coming up. They're doing another Bill and Ted. He's going to be in Cyberpunk 2077, the video game at the end of this year. He's got a couple of others like in the pipeline. I feel like Keanu Reeves would probably be my favourite choice to do this podcast again with. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got such an interesting trajectory of that he was kind of this doofus and he was doing all Bill and Ted stuff like that. And... Then all of a sudden he ends up going on to do like Point Break is probably his first step into like serious acting and then does like The Matrix. Everyone's... Well, I don't I don't know much of his 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 thing other than like the main ones. You know right. what I mean? I have no idea what else he's done. He's done so some that's rom-coms. Be... He did one called The Lake House that I remember seeing at some point with okay. like a girlfriend when I was about sixteen. And did you throw a coke in her face? <laughs> that will show her. Yeah. <laughs> Every film I watched in my teens, someone got coke. <laughs> well, speaking of getting coke, let's talk about the synopsis for Running with the Devil. Uh, the CEO of an international... And tell me tell me at which point you get excited about this, Ben. Okay. You can buzz in at any point. The CEO of an international... Con- oh, no, it's a word I can't even say. Mm, not getting me that so co- far. Co- <laughs> conglomerate? Conglomerate, very good sends two of his most regarded executives to investigate why shipments of cocaine uh-huh. are being hijacked uh-huh. and overcut somewhere uh-huh. on the supply chain. Okay. That's right, Ben. At no point would anyone buzz in because this is a film we've all seen before yes. starring Nicolas Cage. Why is he making it again? I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, is his... I... <sighs> and why would he be making it with a guy who has no... <laughs> I'm looking at the, at the director's other other stuff that he's done, and it, and there's nothing. So why why are we getting this? Because Nick Cage has become that guy. Like, if you're a first time director, 
He is the one you... If you're a first-time director and you want an actor to ruin your film, Cage is the fucking guy at this right, point. Right, that's the thing. It's it's strange. So you've got to wonder if... Oh, I don't know, man. Like, Is he is he ruining films or are these films ruined before he even gets there? Is it... Oh, there's an argument to have for each of those points. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about this because you were a bit surprised that Nicolas Cage is playing a character called The Cook. Yes. So I can tell you the other characters. We've got The Executioner, mm. The Man... The boss, <laughs> the snitch, number one, the farmer, the collector, the cook's wife, does, didn't get a name. Right, cool. Did, didn't even need her own thing. Uh, the woman. Oh my God. <laughs> Nick's back. Yeah, here we go. This is, oh, and the keeper. Oh this my God. just, I'm not excited for this at all. No, oh, we've also got. Neither, but... Don't worry, you were worried that there might be. Um, Underrepresenting woman in this. We've also got exotic dancer, uh, the the child, my, work, uh, working girl one. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> why does he keep doing? Oh, working girl two as well. There we go. Fantastic. God damn. Oh, oh, don't worry, mate. There's 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 one final uh, female cast in this, just called large woman. Uh, oh, and woman on bus. They've <laughs> they've gone all out on this. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to getting to know and spending time with all these exciting, colourful characters. I wonder how many lines any of these women get. Christ, and how many lizards are going to be uh, dotted around the set. I, there'll be more There'll be more lizards than there is female dialogue if I know Nick Cage by now. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Uh, Dan, let's, let's call it there, man. I think we've done a good job talking about this film I, I feel f- like we talked about it so much ahead of this actually doing this right that um, I worry that we've talked people into watching this yes hopefully uh, well time will tell how, <laughs> how much hate mail we get <laughs> off the back of that yeah. this is your warning I wouldn't really recommend this film well it's too late now I think that's going to be the new um, tagline for this podcast 93 days in it's too late now but listen Dan we are 93 days in the end is one week away that's very exciting we've got seven more of these to do and then we're done that's that's wild yeah I, I, I don't know how to process that yet I need I need another win under my belt and then I'll feel good about it but right now that feels so far away but I'm here with you brother don't you worry listen a wise man once said a dream you dream alone is just a dream A dream you dream together is reality. Fuck off, Ben. See ya.